0: Enemy power-up detected. This is Incoming Missile, a Warrior Online podcast. Alright Mech fans, welcome to another installment of your favourite MechWarrior podcast, Time to take a break from using your rack macros and stacking your favorite mech with targeting computers because today we are bringing you episode number 10 uh, which is the second part in our year in review series where we have a look back at 2018 and cast a critical mech warrior eye over what happened Uh, if you did miss episode 9 go back and uh, have a listen to that now Uh, captain cat and i went over the mech packs that had been released in 2018 Uh, and gave you our take and our thoughts uh, on what those mech packs were like Uh, in this episode we're shifting our focus to the changes that were made to the game in 2018 Uh, we have trawled through each of the monthly patch notes uh, and what we've tried to do is get an idea about the types of changes uh, and any patterns or trends that we identified uh, from what had been changed Uh, The thing that we really wanted to look at was what those changes could tell us about the direction that the game was going in uh, and maybe what we could expect from the game moving forward uh, in 2019. It's not a a play-by-play of the specific quirks uh, or adjustments, uh, the specific changes that were made to certain mechs, but it's a look at the changes that PGI made over the year and, and what that might mean Uh, for the state of the game both at the moment uh, and i guess moving forward now there are a couple of particularly interesting topics that we will touch on today uh, but that we don't go into depth about and elaborate and that's just because we plan on doing future episodes uh, where we do zoom in and do a deep dive on those Uh, so for example uh, with the amount of tuning that's going on with lrms at the moment and given how much captain cat does like to play them even though he won't admit to it Uh, We're going to do a whole episode on LRMs and looking at whether they are the issue uh, that we think they are or that people think they are uh, and whether the changes that are being rolled out is addressing those things that are perceived as an issue. I would like to say thank you to everyone who took the time to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to leave a comment uh, and qualify for the giveaway that we had with episode nine. Uh, Yes, you are in the draw to win a mech pack if you commented and no, it is not rigged. Uh, If you did leave a comment, then go back to the channel now uh, and you should see the giveaway video that will announce uh, who has won that mech pack. Uh, If that was you that won, uh, be sure to email us and tell us your preference for a mech pack and your in-game pilot name. So congratulations to the winner uh, and thank you to everyone that did leave a comment. Uh, Shouts out to Jill Vader, uh, who says she loves our Kiwi accents. Uh, Jill, you are obviously not an Australian. Uh, which is probably a good thing. Uh, welcome to Kitty, who says they recently started playing uh, mech Warrior. Hope you are enjoying the game and welcome to the community. Uh, also, thank you to Steve Blanca, Floyd Foster, and Drew Ang uh, for your kind words and comments. Uh, so, for Drew and anyone else that commented, but you didn't win the Mech Pack, uh, do flick us an email uh, at, at gmail.com and we do have a three-day premium time code for you. Now, we're all about the conversation here at Incoming Missile Podcast, and we want to keep chatting about the different aspects of the game that we, and you, uh, find interesting. Remember, if there is something that you'd like to talk to us about, um, whether it's suggestions about episodes or anything about what we have talked about, uh, make sure to get a hold of us via our various channels, Uh, the email address that I've announced already, uh, follow us on Twitter, that's at Incoming P. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the podcast uh, at your favorite podcast platform, uh, whether that be iTunes, Castbox, or whatever you listen to. All right, time for today's episode. So Captain Cat has gone ahead and trawled through all of the patch notes from 2018 so well done Captain Cat, now uh, he has done that so that you guys don't have to and of course what we wanted to do was run a discerning eye over those changes in the patch notes so that we could chat to you guys about what those changes might have meant and there's a couple of key questions uh, that we want to get to as we've touched in the intro, around what those changes might tell us about the direction of the game uh, and and in particular, maybe the future uh, of uh, MWO. But before we do that, uh, we thought it was probably a good idea to uh, maybe just look over uh, those changes and and give a bit of a summary of uh, what we saw and kind of some major developments, major events uh, that have gone through. So let's kick over to Captain Cat that knows all about it.
1: (laughs) The discerning eye. Obviously why you chose me. Alright, so vaguely chronologically, and this is just the major stuff, I'm not going to go obviously into every little detail of every patch, but the ones that I'd pick out as being important from last year, good or bad, first we had the rate of heat loss quirks on the Lightmex, which converted to heat dissipation quirks. You might remember that they had those quirks that actually did nothing. So the lights got a little bit of a love right at the start of the year which was nice. We saw the rise and rise of ballistics. We had machine guns, heavy course rifles, LBX, AC, especially AC2s, seemed to sort of get better and better throughout the year. We had consumables. First, the airstrikes uh, got nerfed back, which was kind of good, I reckon. It put some reason to use artillery. Now I carry one of each, depending on fire off, depending on the situation. And the cool shot nerf, so you've got to be a little bit more proactive with those cool shots if you see you're going to go over. Probably one of the biggest uh, introductions of 2018 was uh, Solaris 7, which started big noise and kind of has tapered off. But we've seen a lot of um, w- what interests me more. We've seen a lot of balance changes being made based on Solaris. Obviously, the Annihilators getting pulled back a bit and AC2s getting pulled back a bit and that sort of thing. We saw a nearly endless cycle of changes for LRMs, which managed to annoy just about everyone, I think. Like whether you were pro <laughs> or anti LRM, they sort of went one way and then they went the other way and then <laughs> nobody was really happy. They, they say that, what is it, the symptom of a good compromise is that nobody's happy. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then it's working well. It is. Lalorines
1: are working really well. Yay, nobody's happy. So, <laughs> uh, kind of, I, I would put in the same category as that. We saw ECM buffs twice in the year. I think there was two, you know, extending their range back out to where it used to be back in the old days, that sort of thing. We saw introduction of a lot of key mechs that carried ECM, the Fafnirs, Blood Asps, that new Night Fleas, also the Sun Spider, Black Lanner, and Haramoto Chi, all sporting ECM, just bringing that little bit more shielding onto the battlefield. One big little change was the build importing and skill tree importing, exporting, and being able to jump with those into the testing grounds and give them a play. We've got stock mode. <laughs> But and perhaps more interesting for us that the, the balance tuning that that led to of the uh, the stock mix and also the, the you know the loadouts that they had those kind of weapons how they all got more ammo and things like that a really big one probably second only to Solaris was the, the heat system overhaul we went through obviously a series of PTSs PTS one one point one and two and then into the game and you know props to PGI at PTS one it wasn't good and by the time they put it in the game it was good so <laughs> i think it, yeah. somehow that we worked out it worked out with a really good result we're moving on we got the introduction of the hsl Quirk type which is the one that means that you can uh, that you can exceed the ghost heat limit of those weapon types on those particular mechs, which is really nice and flavorful and I, i'd like to see it become more far reaching and more widely used um, but yeah that was a great one and i think universally liked uh, the micro and small laser ghost heat group change up and which gave us a lot more options on the battlefield, how you could combine those weapons with others. And then we got a series, really, of wide-ranging mobility buffs across, I think, four months at the end of the year, and including into the start of this year. Whether they were enough is another question. And and then finally, we got the stealth changes and the dreaded side torso destruction rework. that has <laughs> been the bane of my life since its introduction.
0: It's been one that um, was controversial.
1: And last, but certainly not least, was that awesome friends list refresh button. Which did nothing. <laughs> okay, so not that. The faction play queue numbers have really been a great quality of life improvement for our unit. Being able to see if it's worth searching or not, or um, you know whether the, the group sizes that we have are going to work in with what's already there. You know, it's such a small thing, but it's made a huge difference to us. That's 2018, as, as I see it.
0: And look, there's so much there um, that you've gone over, Captain, and I guess probably the key thing that we wanted to do in the podcast today is give you that overview and give you that summary of what those changes were. but probably what's most important is what does it mean And that's kind of the thing that we wanted to to talk about today and say we we have seen all of those changes month by month. Uh, there's been things that have been introduced uh, small and big, but what does that tell us about where the game's going and you know what what future? Uh, does does McQuarrie have based on on those changes that we've seen all right well let's um let's talk about maybe what we think and uh, you know just a quick note of course you can go back uh, if you are mech nerds and grognards like us uh, you can go back and check out those patch notes uh, which is obviously exactly what um that we've done and, and gone back and seen in detail what those changes were yeah let's talk about maybe what we think the changes told us about the direction of the game And I'll kick us off, Captain, and keen to hear your thoughts on this one. Uh, But I see 2018 firstly as the year of heat. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of what we saw uh, and a lot of the major changes either directly involved the heat mechanic or inadvertently uh, involved the heat mechanic. And it seemed to me from the changes that were made that heat seems to be the one of the main ways that they're looking to achieve balance. So it's a relatively small investment, I guess, from, from PGI's behalf, but it allows them to tweak or tune in the direction that they want to go. So we saw the heat system overhaul that you talked about, which involved PTS. Uh, we talked about the pretty controversial side torso destruction which again is one of those ones that's related directly and indirectly to heat but you know there's there's cool shots cool shots you know there's other related ones ballistics being buffed is probably inadvertently uh, another uh, move towards heat because you know you've got a weapon system um that runs you know on on uh relatively heat neutral so i mean do you agree and, and if you do what do you think this focus on heat does to the meta the direction of the game if we're looking forward to 2019
1: yeah i'd agree with you there that it's uh if you were going to sum up all those little little changes throughout the year onto one thing you could pick probably heat as being the one most common factor of it all And and it really has seen you know laser vomit kind of fade a little bit uh into the background um it's still there but we've got a bunch of other weapon systems and things being used particularly ballistics as a counterpoint to that unfortunately for clans it kind of removed one of their uh, only remaining really good weapon systems but you know clans to me clans will always be superior weapons and in a sphere will always be superior durability and that is just personal taste thing i guess that that's how i see the two playing out Mm. it really does feel like clans have got uh, a little bit of the short shrift um on the the balance changes this year
0: do you think captain that the the aggregated change that we see do you think it's a deliberate move to you know bringing parity to clans and is because i think that's one thing that we'll see when we talk about the direction we'll see a couple of themes coming through and i and i do think that one of the themes that we're seeing is the parity between clan and is and some of these changes are ways to try and achieve that do you think that the heat stuff is pretty much related almost directly to clans and pretty much directly to
1: the laser vom meta? You could say it was explicitly said that that's what those, those PTSs were about, was ending that sort of clan alpha vomit dominance. So yeah, I think it was pretty clear that clans were the specific target of, that, of those changes. And in a sphere, laser vomit has never been anything much against clan Laser vomit, so it's kind of fair enough, I guess, that that they would need some love there if if that was your key goal was to find a balance between those two forces. But remembering that in in large chunks of the game, clans and spheres are playing together. Obviously they've addressed heat and, and they've made a lot of changes towards heat, so they've seen
0: it as an issue. Uh, and they're looking to correct it, I guess, back to where they they want it to be. Do you think that we're going to see a new meta, or are people have they done enough to put clean laces where they need to be?
1: That is a very big question. I think if you asked a bunch of knowledgeable people, you get a bunch of knowledgeable answers that didn't agree with each other, to be honest. But the the short answer is that we've already seen a shift in the meta, like you alluded to, and that it that was to I think. A big part of that was Solaris, where AC2 spam became very, very powerful there, like pretty much unstoppable. And that kind of bled out into other parts of the game, where you now see AC2 spam being used quite regularly throughout the game. Things like Quad LBX mechs and Heavy Course mechs, of course, came to the fore throughout the year as they were also buffed. So in short, I think we've already seen a quite decisive shift in the meta, and meta is, it's a... It's kind of an almost an organic process where people start using something, and then it kind of catches on, and then you know maybe someone comes up with something that's better than that, and that catches on, and then it just keeps shifting and moving. Even if we weren't making balance changes, I think that the product of one large balance change like that heat change has been takes a while to play out to its full, where people are sort of discovering things even now. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked before about the fact that meta does need to
0: shift. You want people to experience those other weapon systems if, if they're not using them. And we don't want people to just have to go to laser vom or clan laser vom uh, if they want to win or, or compete. I guess my question, though, is that it very much seems as though there's been a deliberate push towards putting heat in a certain place. Uh, and I guess maybe, you know, a couple of themes obviously are parity for clans uh, over uh, IS. So to maybe reduce the the effectiveness of clan weapons, it also seems as though they want to push uh, maybe DPS related builds over you know the alpha, the burst, those those high kind of bogey mechs, the strike type bogey mech that we've talked about previously. Is there anything else that, they, that they're trying to do with HEAT? Are they trying to shift the meta in a certain direction? Is it towards ballistics? What, what type of playstyle is it towards if, if they've done all these changes towards HEAT?
1: To be honest, I'm not sure whether they make the changes with an intention that people will move to certain weapon types so much as just trying to get... I mean, to me, my assumption would be that they're trying to get the weapons that are overperforming down to be on a similar level to the, weapon, the other weapon options available rather than trying to push people to use certain kind of weapons. That might be naive. It kind of, I guess, what you're saying implies that you think differently, which is very interesting to me.
0: I think that's a good insight that you're having. You're saying that... What we've seen is about balance primarily, so they're not trying to drive a direction per se, but that they're trying to achieve balance, and you know that they're looking at over and underperforming and trying to get it, you know, in that happy medium. So, I mean, do you think that this these heat changes were a correction rather than a steer in a different direction?
1: Yeah, I do. And I think that as a, as a developer, it would require some pretty intense crystal ball gazing to know how the player base in a game like this, where there's so many options of ways that you can react to a change. You know, you can move mechs, you can move mech weapons, you can move this and that and the other. There's a, a million components of making a mech the way you want it in this game. And so many combinations that it would be very hard to predict, I think, how those changes might flow on, and so I th- my instinct would be not to worry too much about that and just to worry about whether those weapons are performing on a on a sort of a par with each other. And I would say that they've been very successful in that. If you look at the year as a whole, we've come from a picture where bomber really was very dominant at the start of the year. How much of that was sort of zeitgeist and popularity, uh, and how much of it was the actual values in the game is a little less easy to grab onto. Because it's almost like people just follow and find things and, and learn from other people. So maybe the AC2s were already a powerhouse, but people just weren't using them. Certainly they did get buffed throughout the year, but not a massive amount. And, and But by the end of the year, and, and right now, I would say that you actually have a really good amount of options in this game of what you can go out and play and do well with. ACs are good, like we said, and LBXs included in that. Machine guns are good. Laser vomit is still good. Gorse vomit is still good. Whatever else you want to say, streaks have just been buffed. If you want to go out and run those, uh, I'd say- LRMs are awesome. LRMs are so good. Honestly, I can't really comment on whether lrms are good or not because i'm only ever the victim of them
0: i want you to reflect on what you're saying here though Kat, because this is probably an an important point that maybe you know some and i'm not talking about lrms but an important point because if we go back a year and would that same statement hold true where you talk about those other weapon systems being in a good place because if it wasn't if back then they weren't in a good place and, and we're here now in 2019 we look at the changes in 2018 and we see what they've done with heat And that has helped result in these other weapon systems being more viable. And whether that's simply through um, the mechanics and the value changes, you know, that they actually have a, a value that's equal to clan laser bomb. Or it's because it's forced people or it's shown, it's encouraged people to utilize those
1: other builds and people realize that they are cool. Isn't
0: that a good thing? Isn't, doesn't that mean that PGI have done well, balance-wise? You know. That-
1: yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what I said, that I think they've done a really good job of, um, maybe I didn't say it loudly enough, That I think they've done a very good job <laughs> of uh, providing players with a lot more options than they had at the start of the year, by the end of the year. We, You know, SRMs are still a bit funny. They maybe don't reg exactly right, but apart from those, I mean, even small lasers and micro lasers and that sort of thing are worth using now. There's a few things maybe that I'd pick out that, that, you know, light PPCs, things like that, that maybe it's just still not really worth it. But apart from that, I think nearly all the weapon systems in the game are usable, at least in quick play. Because that's
0: potentially a controversial statement. I mean, and the reason I say it is because there's a definitive skill difference between you and me. And I'm at a skill level where sometimes the meta doesn't matter as much to me because I'm not good enough to take advantage of it, right? So I can still maybe have fun with a weapon system that wasn't that great because what I'm getting out of the game might be different. But. For yourself and for some of the commentators that we see on Reddit and the forums that are really skilled players, they get frustrated because they see these inequities and that kind of thing. You, as a a very good player, does that mean that you're experiencing that with those weapon systems, that you believe a a, a high-skilled player, you know, like, say, Just Call Me Ash would call himself, a top-tier player, they're getting the best out of those weapon systems and they're viable for that group as well?
1: there's still a little bit of deficit in uh, the performance of certain play styles. Like brawling is still a pretty mm. tricky enterprise or undertaking yeah. purely because you have to cross, you know, open ground and there's people in, and getting close to people and there's people who can put you down very fast with, you know, a lot of damage very quickly when you do manage to close the range. And so there's some kind of, there's almost some other issues there, but those kind of builds have also been buffed throughout the year because you were able to sustain a higher DPS like you spoke about before, um, long term because your heat dissipates so fast now that you can in those kind of brawling builds, get in there and just keep you know if you've got a DPS focus build, you can keep dpsing for a lot longer than you could before. So I think I think things are in a good place. they're not in a perfect place. There's still every reason for people to think that things could be better, but I think it, on the other hand, things are better than they were at the start of last year
0: yeah and that's an important point is it that you know that whether it is where it needs to be is a different question from whether it's got better and i mean i agree with you wholeheartedly and i think the points you've made are really good that those other weapon systems are now viable uh, and the changes to heat uh, have ultimately been been pretty positive for that aspect of it so talk to me then Kat, because you understand this i think pretty well how then at the end of the year after you've made some positive heat changes how then do you introduce the side torso destruction which (laughs) i don't know if i've heard anyone say that that's been a good move why why not hit the button and roll that back right away where does that fit into the 2018 positive heat changes that we saw
1: i mean to discuss this we'd have to discuss the the sort of press release that went along with it which was that it was to fix the heat bug. If you guys haven't seen it occasionally, it's fairly common there's a bug that comes up where you just your mech just doesn't seem to dissipate heat for some reason in some games, and it won't be everyone in that game, it'll just be a few people. But the reason for that side torso change, as stated in the patch notes at least was that it was supposedly a fix for that bug. However, the bug still exists in the game. I've seen it myself, so it doesn't even if it has solved some aspects of that problem, it hasn't solved it outright. Um, and then you, you, know, you can look at it on a deeper level and wonder whether that was a change that, at least theorize whether that was a change that PGI wanted to make and they used the, the bug as a, as a sort of a rationale to make that change. It's not good. And I've, and I've heard um, Phil at least talking to Ash about rolling that change back. So, so maybe it's still in the works.
0: Yeah, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that the direction that they've taken in 2018 with heat it's been a good one. So let's hope, you know, that that, that, they continue along that line and see that maybe the the disease was better than the cure in this instance. And, and, you know, going back to to what it was uh, is is better.
1: Well, looking across all the patch notes, if you go back as we both did and look through the patch notes and sort of itemize every change that got made, you'll see that there was plenty of missteps. There was plenty of things that got put in the game and then immediately sort of either rolled back or changed or Plenty of things that got buffed and then buffed and then buffed and, and still were just okay. <laughs> not every not every step on the path has been perfect and, and right and great, but overall, from one end of the year to the next, I'd say we improved on the balanced state of the game in terms of what weapons you could bring, what options players had of how they wanted to play. Right, so
0: we've covered Heat, and uh, I definitely think Heat was uh, one of the themes Uh, the change themes that we saw uh, over 2018 Uh, one of the other things that I thought uh, was evident from the types of changes that we saw was that it was focused on small change and there wasn't big changes that were made or tackled to address balance or, or maybe some of those other things with the game that might need to be changed and what I'm saying there is that PGI seem to be aiming for three key goals, as far as I can tell, suitable time to kill, so TTK being in a place that, that they find uh, reasonable, and that there is parity across the factions, IS and clan, and that there's parity across the classes. And I think we saw just small changes that did what you were saying before, Kat, around just the a balance process. You know, rather than trying to steer in a direction, trying to bite off something big like PSR or a revamp of mobility or something like that, we just saw these little tweaks of mix and weapon systems and stuff like that. What PGI called tuning. And so if anything had kind of strayed off the pathway of, you know, good TTK parity between factions parity between classes, we saw tweaks. And those tweaks were most often in the form of adjustments to cooldown heat as we've covered obviously, but cooldown uh, range, some of those weapon things up and down. And we did see a lot of quirk conversion. So uh, you know, armor being converted to structure or vice versa, local quirks being converted to global quirks. You know, you might have had 10% cooldown for ballistic and that got converted to 10% to all weapon types and those kind of things. So it really just seemed a keeping things within that, that balanced picture. And we didn't see big changes or they didn't want to be bitten off. I mean, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the MO for the PGI changes in general. And then all of a sudden they'll shock us with some massive change to how something works and everybody has to find their feet again. (laughs) But like the heat change was, you know, I think, People really weren't sure if they liked it when it first came out. I, I don't know, but I I, I I think generally people agree that it w- was an improvement by now. But anyway, on those small values, I mean, I've hypothesized before that PGI are a bit sort of gun shy, maybe, about making large changes and ha- then having to roll them back because of people don't obviously don't like things to be taken away when they were good. So maybe, you know. It, maybe their philosophy is that it's better to make small incremental changes until something's where it needs to be, and then rather than making one large change and then devaluing it later, or or vice versa, nerfing something really too hard and then bring it back up. Yeah, I think it's a good point, and and you probably said it right there that that's kind of their
0: philosophy towards balance um, to avoid major changes. And you know, one of the things that I had written down here is that. Not only could it be their philosophy towards balance, uh, in in those small changes and see the results, and then tweak and tweak and tune and in those kind of things, but two thousand and eighteen, I think probably more than, than any year that we've had so far, there was just a limit to the amount of resource that they could put towards it. So I think the the fact that the bulk of the resource has probably gone to Solaris, uh, and then once Solaris was launched, you know we are probably been putting some of that resource towards you know mercenaries, uh, and Five, uh, and so you know, they really didn't have the, the the people on hand to be able to make those major things. I mean, as I said, we talk a lot about PSR and, and you know, we've advocated uh, for the for the role that that might play, but I just don't think that they've got the the resource there. And, and you know, the changes that we saw were all pretty small, you know what I mean, that they, they added up after a while. But, you know, anything to do with mechs or, or weapon systems and all that kind of stuff, it was all tweaking up and down. And my worry, and I guess my question to you is... You talked about the fact that uh LRMs, we joked about the fact that it's kind of gone around in circles a little mm. bit. Are we seeing a little bit of going around in circles that it's tweak up and then tweak down, tweak up and tweak down and we don't really get anywhere?
1: Yeah, I think to to some extent that's true. It's, it certainly seems like uh, PGI often put a change in the game that anyone could have told them wasn't going to make that weapon worth using or wasn't going to fix whatever problem that Mac had that is stopping people from using it. So that means the next month we see another buff and then the next month we see another buff. and (laughs) And then like we saw in this year with LRMs, we see some major changes getting made where it actually starts putting them kind of where they need to be.
0: The fact that we just saw small changes in 2018, does that mean that we're not going to see big changes or we shouldn't expect big changes? Is that the direction that
1: they've gone in? I've got a bit of a cat-spiracy for you there. (laughs) Which I guess you could say, which is um, the Solaris game mode. I mean, one reading of of that being prioritized and, and put a lot of dev time into and now even still now being pushed quite hard is clearly a way that this game can survive with a more limited population right? Because, you know, you only need to find one other person to be able to get a game, maybe two. However, that fell quite short of expectations, I think, in terms of, you know, it was cool for a little while. Then people kind of got bored of it. They got bored of sitting in queues waiting, kind of snowballed. People realized that they actually didn't like getting wrecked, you know, especially when you can't blame your team. Eh. (laughs) But uh, yeah, um, you know, you'd go up against uh, someone who would just dominate you and then you'd Go back to the queue. They dominate you again. You look at the queue. There's one person sitting there. Well, maybe people aren't going to search the next time. You know. You know. Off the back of that, we did see a little bit of a downturn in sort of major content releases for Macquarie Online. So maybe you could say that they they're just not seeing the the return on investment opportunities for Macquarie Online. That if they put in those thousand hours of man man hours on on whatever feature, that they'll get that money back.
0: It's a really good point. I mean, it's that's not two tin foil hat. I mean that, that could just be simple business. I mean if you do another Solaris uh, and again that doesn't land, then yeah potentially that, that's all that uh, resource and there's all that effort. If it's not quite lost, then maybe you're at least not getting the initial return on it um, that you wanted. but but what does that mean then moving forward into 2019? if the game isn't in the place where it needs to be or if it could be uh, substantially better, does it need? Big changes? Does it need a PSR overhaul? Does it need a Solaris level investment in?
1: Well, without being able to see the numbers, that's pretty hard to call, isn't it? As a player of the game, you'd definitely make one call. Yes, yes, you should keep pumping content and you know, investment into this game because I want that. But if you were the you know, financial officer at PGI, would you justify make that same call with all the figures in front of you? I don't know. I think that personally, you know, if you're asking just my opinion, then I think that PGI still have a couple of easy opportunities that they could bite on to potentially somewhat revitalize the game for a limited investment. I think Solaris actually does have a future if it just needed just needs a little bit more pumped into it. You know, you've got to take a little bit more risk of putting a little bit more time in there and just addressing some of those issues that I was talking about before, about how people are searching in queues and getting bored or getting wrecked by the same people again and again, that sort of thing. I know that uh, faction play is getting talked about quite a lot with Paul. Um, So potentially, PGI see that as an avenue for the game going forward. The talk around faction play,
0: I guess supports your point a little bit more as well there, that they've stated that there's, you know, a limited amount of resource. There's some major things that they can't and won't do. Um, So, that kind of further supports this idea of not making um, bigger changes because at the moment it's not worth the return on investment. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. You know, again, those small changes, whereas maybe they don't make big shifts uh, and, you know, maybe there's still some stuff to be done, it makes perfect sense that uh, they don't bite off big changes, A, because there's maybe not going to be that return on investment that they would like, and B, you know, there's probably a lack of resource because they are a relatively small studio and, you know, it'll be all guns
1: blazing to get um, mercenaries out uh, by
0: September this year.
1: Yeah, and C or 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 B2, perhaps. They're looking down the barrel of a, of a large financial outlay for getting MechWarrior 5 mercenaries out and by no means success is certain on anything like that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: All right, so we saw uh, a lot of work with heat, and we did see a lot of uh, small changes and not necessarily big things bitten off. The other thing that I thought, or the other pattern that I think that I picked up from the types of changes that we had seen, is that I don't think PJ think that there is parity between IS and Clan. Uh, I do think we saw a lot of IS centric changes. You know, mm. a lot of uh, work to Bring IS up. Uh, it seems as though that's still an ongoing project. The majority of the quick changes that we saw, as I said, were, were IS mix and the heat stuff itself seemed to be aimed pretty directly at clans and clay mm. laser vomit. So, you know, was that something that you think that you picked up? And um, where do you think, what do you think the changes told us about how PGI feel, you know, that parody stuff is going in Time to Kill?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I'd sort of to make a little point of order there that they weren't so much bringing IS up as much as they were bringing clan down a lot of the time, yeah, nice. especially especially in the first half of the year. That it was really about reducing the capabilities of clan to do some nasty stuff, whether that was justified or not. But yeah, as a person who plays faction play quite regularly, I would say that the, the current IS versus clans balance is not in a terrible place. But I actually find IS to be Uh, A little bit more easy going than clans these days. Clans are quite flaky and weak. You can just, if if basically, if you bring 12 Annihilators, it's going to, and push, it's going to be really hard for the clans to stop you with anything from their arsenal. It is an extreme example of that. You know, you can, across the board, that's true. You could bring 12 Assassins and carve up most clan decks so so do you think that the work that we saw in
0: 2018 to you know bring clans down a little bit or maybe even to specialize clans a little bit more because kind of what i got from your statement there was that you know clans are maybe a little bit more glass cannony or uh, some of the play styles that they were able to take advantage of the the trade stuff and and all of that that the effectiveness of that has been reduced do you think again if we were to rewind to a year ago, do you think those changes have overall been a good thing? No, I think
1: that that actually falls a little bit short of where it could have been. Uh, I like that Inosphere are you know able to handle themselves versus Clan. That much is good, but I think Clan have really had their options limited pretty hard mm. of a, of what you know available builds and things they can do, uh, which which is not what I'm for. I'd rather that, just like on the Inner Sphere side, there was a bunch of options about what I could do with my clan mechs. Uh, you know, it was kind of, Laser Vomit was really the last bastion of clan superiority. And uh, look, there's still some monsters on the clan side for sure. However, overall, I think that uh, I'd, I'd rather that the clan's got a little bit of love. Maybe that's a conscious decision, that the shine is kind of wearing off the clan side now. They, we had the clan invasion way back when, and they were shiny and new, and now PGI want to see a resurgence of Enosphere and certainly we've seen some decent Enosphere mix this year. And Clan,
0: yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the passion of Clan superiority. I mean, I like that phrase. But I guess the the risk in some of the changes that we had seen, I'm a little bit worried that they're going to lose some of the unique asymmetry in the balance you talked before about Ice being tanky and Clan having the weapon advantage. You know, the, the risk if they, and with some of the changes, I think we're starting to get into mm. an area where the lines are getting blurred a little bit. And as you say, if you take away some of the playstyle options for clan and make it not unplayable, but obviously not a choice you're going to take, you know, you are maybe mucking around with the with that asymmetry, I think, which is a good thing if you had clan tech providing a distinct advantage uh, and clan mechs tending to be more glass cannons. IS not having the weapon advantage, but you know, having their armor advantage. It, yeah, I just it it's for me with the changes that have been made, I just get the impression that PG, I still don't think there's parity there and that there is some risk that if they continue down that pathway, maybe some of that is lost.
1: Yeah, and that asymmetry is one of the, the major reasons why I love this game. There's all of these mechs in the game and then and yet so many of them have something unique and flavorful about them. And that, that's one of the major ones, is the difference between Kalan and IS. And we've got, to, we've got to retain that. Nice. All right, well, those are some
0: things that we think the changes told us uh, about what PJ were up to and, and maybe what they were heading for. It's pretty interesting, I think, to now view those changes through the lens of what does it tell us about the future of the game. So I'm going to kick this to you, Captain Cat, From what we have seen in 2018, What are some key things that you think that tells us about the future of the game, the meta, you know, MechWarrior itself uh, as a title?
1: I think we've already talked about it, that the development that will be going into MechWarrior Online for the remainder of the year and leading up to the MechWarrior 5 launch is by no means certain. I mean, hopefully we'll get an announcement any day now about those new maps or the new old maps. That'd be really great. Hopefully, there's not too many um, gotchas in that getting that work done. But yeah, beyond that, we don't we're not really really looking forward to anything major at this point. The state of play, um, state of balance is is not terrible. We can keep tweaking those, trying to get to something where all weapons everywhere in all spheres of the game are usable. But yeah, there's not a lot to look forward to that that we know of. I mean, I think we can sum that up by
0: saying that I, I don't think we can expect any major revamps in this coming year. I think there will be stuff added, but I don't think there will. I think they'll bite off anything too major. And I think that's been signaled to by you know the talk around faction play and and but you know stating unequivocally that there's only so much that they can do. You know, I think that's going to flow to those other areas. Solaris maybe didn't necessarily land in the way that they wanted it to, or maybe even the players wanted it to. But I don't think that they're gonna bite off anything big. So I think the small tweaks that we've seen in 2018, I mean, I think that's probably just gonna continue into 2019. I think we're gonna get the same same, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we've talked about the fact that if that you know we probably both think they've done actually a pretty pretty good job in 2018 with the changes that they put in place, but it does beg the question that if we have some of these major things that we think need to be addressed, like PSR or, you know, mobility or maybe some of these other areas, I don't think that we're gonna see that before mercenaries come out.
1: I gotta I gotta chuck in at this point. My feelings around Solaris, since we've we've mentioned it a few times, I really think that there's one tiny change that PGI could make with the amount of development reserves they have. Uh, that would make Solaris just so much better. And that is actually restricting a lot more the time that you could play it. You know, they run it for three months or whatever. They need to take it down to something like one week a month where you play that. And they need to make it way more visible when there's people in the queues. Because at the moment, it's got the snowball effect where you sit in the queue, you don't find a game, you give up, you try it again, same result. Well, people aren't going to keep coming back and trying that. But if you, if you restricted the amount of time that people could to could play that game mode, you made it more like a tournament, so it was you know happening at a certain time of the month, it's Solaris week, and then, and then you funnel the players in by showing them on their home screen that there are people in, there's one person in Div 1, there's three people in Div 2, etc., that you'll get a lot more efficiency out of how those queues are being used. I think it'll revitalize that game mode a lot because for me, a lot of what holds it back is is that
0: hanging around in queue. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, I think the, the biggest failing for Solaris uh, is the fact that it just hasn't. There's not the hook there to want to go and play and keep playing and treating it like an event, for lack of a better word, is is a brilliant idea. But I mean, let me ask you this, Kim: Do you think we will see changes to Solaris in 2019? From what you had seen and then what they've done thus far, you know, what do you think they'll do with Solaris?
1: Yeah, well, it seems like from January at least and going into February, it seems like they're planning on just incentivizing it a little bit more, obviously, with the events, you know, having the carrot out for the uh, running an event at the same time as Solaris runs. They're running it, for, I think, for a whole month this time uh, that if you do your X number of games, you get stuff. I mean, Solaris needs some, needs some hype, eh? It's, a, it's the product mm. where it's, it's good, it's fun,
0: it's a decent product, but people just don't want to buy it. They don't want to engage in it. You know, there needs to be some high pay. There needs to be some reason. And yeah, it, I just, I don't know whether 2019 would be the year where they're going to tackle, you know, making it uh, the, the product, I guess, that they originally wanted it to be. All right, so Solaris aside, I, the thing I'm keen to hear your thoughts on, uh, Captain, is we see the future of Meek Warrior as a game based on what we saw in 2018. What do you think the changes tell us about the existence of
1: MechWarrior Online? For now, it just looks like we're in a bit of a holding pattern, kind of like what you've already said. I think um, things are kind of up in the air, waiting on to see how uh, MechWarrior 5 pans out. PGI won't be, I think, too willing to risk too much until that's in bed. I made no secret about the fact that I was really hoping for a MechWarrior Online 2 announcement at MechCon last year because I just wanted to be secure in the knowledge that you know, there was sort of a bright light in the future for this game. And we would move to a new engine and and that sort of thing. But for the meantime, I think we're not going to get that at the very soonest. I think we'd hear something about that on Metcon 2019. And theoretically, not even then.
0: Yeah, look, I think there's been some end of the worlders out there uh, that have talked about art, particularly post-Metcon, you know, that the lack of content reflected a... know that it was the deaths now for MechWario online but like i i tend to agree with you i think what we have seen has been small manageable change in a direction but mostly just to you know to keep things balanced and that we're in a holding pattern you know you're talking about a small studio and you can't be you know developing MechWario online 2 or making big changes to the game whilst you're also trying to develop up that that um that title uh, in mercenaries 5 so yeah, I mean, I think we will continue to see in two thousand and nineteen the same level and types of changes that we've seen in two thousand and eighteen. But mm. it signals for me that that we're in that holding pen. You know, hopefully, when we're doing this again next year, then we're seeing some major announcements, and you know, we're confirmed as being exactly right and everything that we've said. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think it signaled the death. <laughs> now, that's probably the, the the best thing that I could say. I think what the changes in two thousand and eighteen told us about the future of the game uh, was that. MechWarrior Warrior Online 2 is on the
1: horizon. To be honest, it's a little bit of a grim picture that we're painting here with we you know there's no hope for major announcements this year. Well, maybe that's true. Hopefully there's a little a few little easter eggs and fun little road bumps along the way, but I don't think that PGI are planning for this game to go down the gurgler anytime soon and the the patch notes, you know, really bear that out. I mean, every month we're getting new bolt-ons for all the new mechs in the game, we're getting weapon retrofits for ancient mechs. Like why would a studio be giving someone the task, paying someone to go through and retrofit all those mechs with the new weapons if they didn't think the game had a future that they are not going to make any money out of that job. You know, it's purely for future proofing, and there's a bunch of stuff like that that you could that you could pull out of the patch notes. That it just makes no sense uh, for them to be investing uh, stuff that has no immediate reward. Monetarily for them, and the only the only rational explanation for it is that they're still working on this game. They still want this game to be successful, and they still want it to be finished. I guess at some undefinable point in the future. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's um, it's the um, probably the most obvious point is that yeah, you know, having all this full time resource and and the people doing you know what we've seen is is actually some pretty good work over 2018. Uh, it makes you know more sense. You know, the rule of parsimony, it makes more sense that the simplest explanation is the right one and that there's a there's a future for the game. All right, dude, let's finish up by maybe just touching on a few of your favourites, you know, some uh, some awards or some uh, highlights for us and the changes that were made. Obviously, we talked about our the mech packs that were released and what our favourites were there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the favourite changes that we saw. Uh, so you've called it the Alpha Strike Award. So what was your Alpha <laughs> your Alpha Strike <laughs> Award for the favorite change of 2018?
1: So Alpha Strike Award is is for my favorite change, and that's you know just a, a personal favorite I guess of mine, and that is that HSL Ghost Heat quirk that was put into the game this year, and that's that's really the reason I love it is because it's indicative of a of 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 a bright future for quirks and flavorful quirks in this game, like it. So maybe so far we haven't seen uh, the depth of potential in that idea fully explored. There's just been a few sort of mix here and there. I've really been loving. I mean, we're talking about twenty nineteen patches now. Is that okay? But I've really been loving playing uh, the Hunchback with nine medium lasers and just alpha striking that all day. It's not what
0: I gave the award to, but I agree with you. And you know, obviously, I'm I'm all for quirkage. Uh, and the heat scale one is a great start i reckon they just need to go all out and introduce these other quirk types particularly targeting uh, maybe mechs that don't see as much of the um, battlefield these days you great to see the javelin great to see the hunchback pgi go hard let's see 10 different mechs get hsl or some other type Uh, let's see some new quirk types you know like the capping quirk man just but go nuts, guys, go nuts, and, and uh, let's see uh, some more of that
1: kind of stuff. does definitely seem like an area where you can just kind of let your imagination run wild and just invent a whole bunch of other quirks that are along those lines, like that that spider quirk is a great example. Gives you a reason to play a day. Eh? And what about you? What was your favorite change? Ooh, now my favorite change was
0: the stealth change, so I thought that was awesome. And it's almost in the same vein. We just talked about the quirk type and the fact that it gives you a reason to play that mech. Uh, I think what they did with stealth has given more of a reason to play those types of uh, mechs and given stealth a better distinction now. Yeah. It's made a distinctive ability that you can apply to mechs. Um, and whilst you do see some heavies and assaults utilize it, it's almost like a quirk that's aimed at lights in the occasional medium. But the stealth fleas, the stealth pirate's banes that we can play and that you see running around is awesome. I love it. I love that they can run around, shoot, uh, harass, hassle uh, because it's encouraging a certain play style and a certain role. And I think it's a a, a kick-ass thing to do. More and more of that stuff, I reckon. So yeah, Stealth and Heat definitely got my Alpha Strike Award. Oh yeah,
1: I love that one too. And and actually leading up to this recording, I've, I've been playing the Stealth Flea with Four Small Pulse and Mask, like almost only been playing that for the last few days and i've had a really great time every every minute yeah, so close to death but you know i'm running stealth like 90% or more of the game you know occasionally need to pop it off to just cool down a little bit but most of the time <laughs> just got it on and it's it's hilarious being in middle in the middle of the enemy team and just you know shooting them all in the back dropping airstrikes, popping uavs it's so you know by the seat of your pants exciting gameplay and then someone spots you and they all turn on you. you got to meep meep out of there. <laughs> I, can,
0: I, I can confirm you are a pain in the ass in that neck uh, from being on the other team. All right, man, let's get into from the good to the bad. Uh, you've caught it the salt mines award because oh. there's certainly been a lot of salt that has been produced uh, from these ones. And I suspect we're going to have the same thing for this one. Three, two, one. Side also destruction. destruction. Mm, <laughs> love it.
1: So you're in the heat of battle.
0: That's a good pun there. Heat of battle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in the heat of battle, firing away at your opponent, you're getting the upper hand and then pop, your side torso goes off, and then pop, something else goes off, and then bam, bam, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do, you can pop a cool shot, you can shut down yeah, you know, whatever you like. It's not gonna save you. You're done for.
0: The reason for me that I didn't like it in and, and, and this is almost related to the things that we were saying about the good stuff so the things that we were saying are good was because it gives some distinction it, it makes mechs unique or, or makes a role unique the side torso destruction personally i thought it, it's it's sucked ass because it's made brawling um not as viable mm. so that's a play style for me as a potato brawling is a little bit easier um skill wise to manage uh you know shoot twist shoot twist and you know side side torso destruction and and Using a dead side is is a bit of a tactic, you know, twisting and and using your torsos as much as you can. But yeah, if you're riding the heat limit brawling and your your torso pops, I don't think it helps brawling. So that's why for me, it's toast. Get rid of it, I think.
1: Yeah, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't with it as well. Because if you run, like I do, override on every game, unless I'm in a light mech, then you're going to blow something up a lot of the time before you can react. And if you don't run over right, then you're just going to shut down right in front of someone.
0: I'm already rubbish at managing heat, so <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't help right. most skilled players like
1: me. You've already kind of covered in a tangential way my key problem with this, and that is I think players, generally speaking, should be rewarded for taking risks in this game. You know, If you take the risk of closing to 100 meters of someone, you know there should be something to gain from doing that. You know you should. You know there should be some benefit to brawling. It should be powerful once you get to there. If you don't reward risk taking, then you are by definition re- rewarding passive play or non-risk risk taking, and that gives us a stagnant state of play where everyone's doesn't want to take any risk and is hanging back and you know firing from long range weapons and all that kind of stuff. And this change is really punishing people who take risks
0: yeah that, that's a brilliant take dude i mean it's the that's the best thing that i've heard for why side torso destruction might need to be rolled back is this ideology that you've talked about all this philosophy towards rewarding risk because that becomes a major way that you can influence play style and it's the key problem with lrms right i mean let's not get into the weeds too much about it but yeah bang on couldn't couldn't agree with you more
1: yeah and i mean it's effect on the meta i i don't think people are gonna Really adjust their gameplay too much and try and keep their heat so low that they can handle that destruction. I, I don't see that happening. It, it's just not fun. I mean, riding the heat train—if you—if you get it—if you click into it and you can just hit, be just hitting one hundred or one hundred and one percent every time you shoot—it's so gratifying. And you know, with override on, and it just punishing that skill. Ah, hate it. Yep, salt, tilt, 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 tilt. All right, let's so go <laughs> Let's go
0: from salt to what you've called the Little Detail Award. So this is uh, <laughs> another little Razzie-style award. What is the thing that you thought was the best
1: little detail? The McWarrior community are, are all very familiar with the concept of little details. And uh, I think my favorite little detail of the year has got to be that refresh button that they, they put in. They're like, yeah, we've got a refresh button for the friends list. And then you click it absolutely nothing happens (laughs) well nothing happens but i feel better about it (laughs) i just love that someone went in there and you know designed the little button you know went in photoshop and designed a little button you know designed how it would look when you clicked it, it would change appearance and then somehow somehow it made it into the game with absolutely no functionality at all i don't yeah part of it i can't really understand but <laughs> yeah no that, that uh,
0: yeah that was an epic fail i think uh, on uh, on that front um okay my little detail award my resi uh, doesn't go for a change it goes to a person uh, and my resi for the year was the for 2018 uh was the illustrious Bearclaw. Uh, who learned that uh, perhaps if you're going to do silly things uh, that there could be repercussions to that so the um a Razzie to Bearclaw for um being a a a naughty little bear um and unfortunately (laughs) having to spend a a bit a bit of time on the sidelines so yeah just a bit of a Razzie there a bit of an epic fail uh Bearclaw's attempt uh at uh, being clever unfortunately fell a little bit short so let's hope uh, 2019 Brings young Burr uh, a little bit uh, better luck and make sure that he's you know following the same guidelines and rules that the rest
1: of us do. (laughs) Still in the naughty corner for now.
0: (laughs) All right. So, everyone, we um, hope that you've enjoyed uh, our take on the changes that happened in 2018 and uh, Kat's hard work and trawling through all those changes, I think, put us in a good position to have a different perspective on what those changes might mean, you know, what the direction of the game is. Um, how we thought those changes worked as a whole uh, and the direction and future of the game and what it might mean. So thanks for listening. Um, Kat, was there anything else that you wanted to finish up with?
1: Uh, yeah, I want to say thank you very much to everyone who uh, has subscribed to us uh, following our last podcast. So we have uh, over 120 something subscribers uh, at the moment, which is great. We've got a fancy custom URL on YouTube and um, just everyone who's listening to us. I mean, this is, you know, at least numerically our 10th episode. So pretty proud of that. I hope you are too, cousin
0: Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's a blast. It's it's awesome. And uh, again, my um thank you as well to, to all the listeners and contributors out there. Uh, congratulations to the winner of our giveaway. Uh, if you don't know who that is, then make sure to go to our YouTube channel, subscribe um, and check out the video, which we will have posted there uh, to announce the winner. So, yeah thank you to everyone uh, it's a great community uh, it's awesome to be a part of it uh, yeah and we we hope that um the game does have a future so that we can keep on doing it awesome all right it's um good talking to you again man and uh, yeah we'll uh, catch you all out there on the battlefield oh seven mech warriors if you did enjoy this content then please consider supporting us You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favourite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback either through comments, tweets or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at incomingp or email us directly at incomingmissilepodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor. You can find us on Patreon at Incoming Missile Podcast and choose one of three tiers of support. Patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content, but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast. You can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations, all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners. So if you had a product, service or content that you'd like us to mention, contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time. Shutdown sequence initiated.